Blog Talk Radio. This episode of Attention Talk Radio is brought to you by children and adults with attention deficit hyperactivity disorder. Welcome to Attention Talk Radio, your ADHD information station where we help those with ADHD pay attention to attention. With your host, ADHD and attention coach, Jeff Topper. Good evening, everybody. Welcome to this edition of Attention Talk Radio. I'm your host, ADHD and attention coach, Jeff Copper. Our topic tonight, ADHD, decision or indecision? Uh, We're going to get to the content in a moment. Before we do, we'd like to thank children and adults with attention deficit hyperactivity disorder for bringing this program to you. In celebration of that event, we're anxious to give away free digital copies of Attention Magazine. To get yours, just listen to our show. We'll be sharing a secret word a couple times. Write it down. Listen to another show. Um, and write down the secret word of that show, and then just email me the, the two words. That's all you need to do. Email address is attention at attentiontalkradio.com. When we get it, we'll forward it to Chad. We'll get you a PDF copy of the current edition of Attention Magazine, and they'll send you a PDF copy of the next edition when it's in print. We have a little tip that we're going to share with you that Chad made, and we'll get into the show. You've heard it from organization experts and others. If you want to get things done, you need to keep to-do lists. If all the things you need or want to accomplish keep you up at night, you might think about spending five or ten minutes before bed writing down your list for the following day. Some people prefer to start their day by creating a list. Choose whichever works best for you. To learn more about time management and ADHD, visit chad.org. Thank you so much, Chad, for your continued support. For those that are not aware, Chad is the largest not-for-profit organization that advocates on behalf of those with ADHD. We encourage all of our listeners to either donate or become members to support Chad. Financial stability is really important for them to have the resources to have people lobbying uh, on Capitol Hill for the ADHD community and working with different regulatory agencies on wording to make sure that uh, those with ADHD get the accommodations that they need in order to thrive. Again, for more information, to donate or to uh, become a member, go to chadd.org. So, Jan, can you introduce our guest? Jeff, our guest today is Brooke Schnittman. Brooke is founder of Coaching with Brooke, an ADHD and executive function coaching company for students and adults age 8 through 80 years old. Since 2006, she has helped thousands of individuals with ADHD who are meeting with chaos, frustration, and shame by providing them the tools and accountability to focus their attention and thrive using her signature process called 3C Activation. You can learn how to manage your time and be productive by accessing her free ebook, How to Focus by Focusing Your Attention, 13 Ways to Be Productive. Also, Brooke's webisode series with Ali Idris can be found at differentbrains.org. And her website is coachingwithbrooke.com. So, Jeff, we're very happy to have Brooke with us today. Brooke, welcome to the show. I appreciate the warm welcome, as always. It's always a pleasure speaking with you. It's pretty tough making a decision to do this one. (laughs) Who do I do it with? What day? What am I going to say? How's that going to happen? Oh, my God. i got to make a decision. There's an infinite number of options. I'm overwhelmed by it all. (laughs) How much time do we need? Decisions are hard. They're really hard. And we have to make so many of them these days. (laughs) I know. So let me ask you, what is a decision? I know it sounds like a stupid question, but what is a decision? A decision is 
picking something. Do you want vanilla or chocolate? All right. Which one do you want? So what's yeah, so what's the process of picking something? You pick it. That's the process. <laughs> but, but how do you pick it? It's not that easy, right? <laughs> There's a lot that goes into picking. Um, well, it depends how much emotional attachment you have to the decision. So, and also how much working memory goes into that decision-making process. So some things you can easily pick because it's a routine. Like if you're picking out your socks in the morning, like there's probably very little thought that goes into that because you've been doing this pretty much every day of your life. If you're, you know, deciding to get up and go to the bathroom in the morning, like that decision's probably not that hard because your body is telling you that you need to, right? But Mm -hmm. the decisions on what am I going to eat for dinner tonight? Am I going to lease or am I going to buy a car? Do I want that house or do I want to go to another house? Do I go to the gym today or not? What exercise do I do? Those types of decisions can be a lot more challenging for individuals with ADHD. So challenging and so cognitively effortful, I find people to mm-hmm. say, hell with it. <laughs> They just give up more exactly. or they ask for other people. To exactly. tell Can you make the decision so I can't be held responsible for the wrong decision? Oh, my gosh. You know, before I knew I had ADHD, I used to ask my dad for his opinion on everything. And I didn't know why I did that. And, yes, it was because I had low self-esteem, but also it was because I couldn't make a decision. I wasn't using my executive function. I was relying on my parents to make the decision for me. I want to share a story just to kind of tee up an example. Then I do want to talk about executive function, and then we can open up the floodgates. Probably about nine, ten years ago, I had a guy call in. I said, what do you want coaching on? He said, making a decision. I said, you know, what do you mean making a decision? He said, you know, if you walked up to me and you said, which is better, an apple or an orange? He said, I, I go, fall, wow, there's nothing better than biting into a Granny Smith apple in that, that warm fall air. But, you know, during Thanksgiving, I love that ambrosia salad. But, you know, in February, there's nothing better than a hot apple cider with a cinnamon stick. But, you know, in the summertime, orange yeah. juice, now that really quenches my thirst. And, and I'm sitting there, I'm kind of laughing with the guy. So and, true. And we were, we were casually having a conversation, and he was like, you know, I end up asking everybody, and I'm like, you know, dude, I think you're actually taking a survey. Yeah, if 60% say apples, that's my answer. I'm like, yeah, but in this situation, it's hard because it's it's, it's very contextual driven in that situation. You know what I'm saying? Is Well, if you ask me which is better, like in February, I'd say apple. If you say summertime, so there's that thing. Then sometimes you have to make decisions based off of imperfect information. You're never going to have perfect information because, like, I'm not going to get that person's opinion. And there's risk associated with it, and you don't want to make the wrong decision. Then there's some people, they're having a hard time filtering, like, buying a car. It's all over the place. Like, they're overwhelmed. I'm like, okay, let's back up. Let's sit down. Like, basically, you want a small SUV between $25,000 and $30,000, and you filter it all down, and you got a choice between a Honda um, CRV and a, a RAV4. But it's either overwhelming... Or these things, and the, and the thing that you said earlier that I want to kind of pause and, and share is most decisions require you to use working memory. And let's, I think we've yeah. done this before in another show, but let's just I do it again right now because I want to kind of simulate this to kind of help people understand where the problem is. So, Brooke, do you remember exponents when you were in, oh, in yeah. school? Like, I was a math so, teacher, yep. Good, good. Without writing anything <laughs> down, can you calculate 3 to the power of 5 for me? 
Three times three times three times three times three. So I'm going to group three and three, which is nine, three and three, which is nine. So that's nine times nine is 81 times three is 200. And I'm doing it in my head. That's a lot of working memory. <laughs> what is it, Jeff? You gave up. You were so close. <laughs> Right, so two hundred forty-three. It is. It is. Yay! Right. But so, Brooke, I do that because I wanted I wanted to put you in an experience because you got to go three times three times. Most people go three times three times three is twenty-seven, and most people get stuck going from twenty-seven to eighty-one. Okay. Oh, they're calculating, and then they're like, okay, well, how many? Is it two times three? And they just get lost. When I ask people to do that, often I get a person to be like, I suck at math, or holy crap, this is hard. And, and, I, and I say, I, I did this experience because to hold those thoughts in your mind and keep track of the calculation and the number of times that you multiply times three, that's hard. Oh, it's really hard. But that's hard. what working memory is. And the thing about it is, is, number one, usually I tell people you can't say it out loud because that actually makes it easier, but I let you do that anyway. And you got on the precipice and you gave up. And when I say, did you notice how you said I suck at math or holy crap – or whatever, that's the emotional escape to, yeah. to, to get out of the difficult thinking. Like self, emotional self-regulation is an executive function. In the face of very hard thinking, there's a, it's uncomfortable. So there's an urge to go do something else. And so mm-hmm. in this process, we're talking about all this stuff. It takes a lot of executive functions to hold all the options individually. Look at the pros and cons of each one of yeah. them in order to deduce that and then then having to make a decision that's not the right decision but the best of the worst decision so we can begin to see how executive function impairment is really a problem here. And the, and the thing I want to emphasize is a lot of people escape it because the thinking is too effortful. And to realize and is that cognitively it's hard and sometimes you need to sit down with other people to either get it on paper or talk out loud or get a consensus in order to give you some comfort and we're making that decision, it's, it's an accommodation for executive function from my perspective. So I want to get your thoughts on it, but the epicenter of this is really thinking, which is impaired for people with ADHD, which is a challenge. Oh, yeah. And even worse, on top of it, that just came to me is an interruption, right? So you're in mid-thought and someone interrupts you or you get a text message and then it just blew your whole effort <laughs> of going through those steps. And you're like... Oh, well, crap. I'm not going to do that again. <laughs> yeah. Right? So, so, imagine, imagine for a metaphor, right? You're working on your computer and electricity goes off and your screen goes blank. What Brooke's talking about Done. is imagine you're sitting there thinking about all that stuff and somebody interrupts you and, you're, and all of a sudden it all evaporates and you have to go right back to the beginning and do the, all that effort over again. That's why this is so difficult. And oh, so, yeah. For, for me, when you've got ADHD, actually knowing that decisions are working memory challenge and begin to externalize it, kind of so you don't like if you get interrupted, you don't have to come back. You go back. Like, I wrote down a map of what I'm doing, and so it's there. Or you're talking through with somebody and are conscious about that is very very helpful in order for people to begin to to move in that direction. Thoughts, additions, yeah, to that. Yeah, no, absolutely. I think talking things out are huge. Taking it out of your brain, putting it down onto paper, because our brain is like 
a bunch of wires that are intertwined. And I think that's when we can get really emotionally involved and invested in the decision making when we can't get it out of our head and onto paper. So I completely agree with you, like diagramming what you're thinking and the steps in doing it, like a map. I mean, yep. first of all, I remember when I was 17 and I got my license, my dad got me a map because GPS did not exist. And I was like, screw this. I'm throwing it in the back of my car. I'm never looking at it again. Now, that's multi-step <laughs> directions, and it, you have to hold on to, like, the working memory. Okay, my dad, for instance, still to this day, I know I keep bringing him up. I guess he's an important figure in my life. Say, he's like, okay, so, Brooke, this is what I need you to do. You're going to meet me at this place at this time, and all you need to do is go down the street, make a left, then you're going to see this house, and then you're going to make a right, and then you're going to go like another mom, like, Dad, I'm just going to stop you right now. That my brain doesn't work that way. Just give me the yep. address. I'll put it in my GPS. And if you want to draw me a picture, that's fine too. But do not tell me the directions because you're wasting your time and energy, and I'm going to get frustrated, and I'm not going to be able to follow it. <laughs> that I love what you said because maps work for some people. Other times, it's not. They need to do it a different way. So I tell you what, yes. for, for, let's, let's, I need to go to a break so we get a commercial in. I want to come back and it's like talk about – because, Brooke, I'm going to be interested maybe in your thoughts on maybe how you go about making decisions. Right? I'll share some of mine. We'll talk just a buggy because at the end of the day, I want everybody – there's no one system that's going to solve this problem. This is about problem solving. It's about understanding the variables that are at play because on any given situation, the, the subtleties of that situation can vary. But the idea is we want to give you some insights to think about this and realize you have to take this seriously because it's, it's, this isn't easy stuff. So go check out Brooke's website. you got to. It's coachingwithbrook.com and she spells her name B-R-O-O-K-E so again that's coachingwithbrook.com our secret word tonight is decision and with that we'll be right back after these messages your life your world your choice this is Attention Talk Radio are you always late? The Time Timer is an award-winning time management solution that's helped millions of people with ADHD manage life better as time passes Time Timer's bright red disc disappears Visit Timetimer.com and use the discount code ATR for 15% off. Transform lives as a professionally trained ADHD coach at the ADD Coach Academy. ADHD coaching is in demand, a calling, and a career. Learn how you can change lives by going to ADDCA.com ATR. That's ADDCA.com ATR. Managing ADHD is about pausing before you ponder and proceed. This opportunity to practice pausing is being brought to you by GigCoaching.com. And now, back to Attention Talk Radio. Welcome back, everybody. We are here with Brooke. We're having a conversation about ADHD decisions, and it's an executive function challenge, um, a real big challenge. And we're trying to hopefully unearth this stuff to kind of bring some clarity so that you can begin to problem solve for yourself. So, um, before the break, I was, I, was, I was asking you, Brooke, to begin to think about and ponder, how do you make decisions, or have you ever thought about that? Yeah, so sometimes I just make the decision impulsively and with no thought that goes into it, just I make a decision, right? So am mm -hmm. I going to walk to the other side of the room 
or not? Am I going to get some water? Like, that doesn't take much brain power for me. The decisions that are a little bit more challenging are the ones that I'm emotionally tied to or have a lot of working memory. Um, so something that I use with my clients, and again, like you said, it's not a one-size-fits-all approach, is trying to figure out what the fear behind the decision is, right? So, like, getting really okay. clear on that. What's the fear behind it? Um, what information do I know to be true about this fear? And do I need more information to get clear on this decision? Um, now, you're not going to do this for every decision that you make in life or else you're going to be, like, up all night writing things down and answering these questions. And then one big question that I learned from Sharon Lecter, which I think is genius, is why not? Ask okay. yourself, why not? Right? So do you want to um, – start a new business on working with students with ADHD, why not? Why wouldn't you want to? Or what's the risk reward? How much money do I have? Do I have, you know, savings? Do I have six months of savings? So there's different types of questions that you can ask yourself, and ultimately you're going to have to make a decision one way or another. So if you don't make a decision, that's making a decision. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's making a decision not to decide, which then – makes you say that you're not going to do it. Um, and sometimes you just have to make a risky decision and not knowing that anyone's going to know the answer and you're just going to have to see how things play out. Sometimes when you've done things before, it's easier to make the decision. When something's new, not so easy. Also, as far as, like, making decisions on dinner or breakfast, that for me I've narrowed it down to make it a little bit easier. For breakfast, I have the same thing every day. (laughs) I have (laughs) a chocolate shake. It's a protein shake. I love it. It's easy. It's quick. It fills me up. I don't have to think. I wake up. Mm -hmm. I have it. I have water. I have coffee. It's the same routine. That helps me. For dinner, me and my husband have like the same five meals that we rotate. It's a rotating Mm -hmm. menu. Eventually, we'll get sick of those five meals, and then we'll have to come up with another five meals. Yeah. It's, you know, sometimes there's tricks. Sometimes you have to be boring and just do the same thing over and over again because it's just not worth making, like, a different type of decision. And sometimes when you're too emotionally attached or you haven't had enough sleep or diet or nutrition or exercise, decision-making can just seem like the worst thing in the world. So mm-hmm. we have to get in check with our emotional regulation and make sure that we're following Maslow's hierarchy of needs. And if we are regulated, it will be easier to make a decision. So for me, I have a variety of different things that I do at different times. Um, a lot of them have to do with stepping back and taking a look at what I'm doing and try to take a look at the bigger picture. There's sometimes where, yeah. like, if I'm going to go – I remember when I got in the coaching business – and back, like in 2007, you had to do recordings, and I'm like, I needed a digital thing to record people. And and if you're if you go to other coaches, they're not supposed to give you the answer; they're supposed to ask the questions. And I'm like, just give me the most popular. Like, I don't like just I want the exactly. thing that's like the best practices. I'm just going to start there. I'm going to change it later, but sometimes I just go. I, I'll start with best practices. That's that's there. Other times, I back up and take a look at what's really going on here. 
I've had to make some decisions about social media over the years of my business. Back in the years when Facebook was a really big deal to get likes, I was like, well, what, why do I get likes? What, what happens? And I, I decided not to play that game because it just didn't make sense to me. And I, I went with my gut because logically I didn't understand it. And then along, Facebook decided like when you used to like a page, you got all their feeds. And then they got rid of them all and they started serving them up and you had to pay for advertising. It was kind of funny because I was like, I went with my gut on that because I didn't really understand the behind side. Like at some point in time, somebody taking feeds. Other times I'll walk in and say, what is it, the outcome that I'm looking for? Like kind of give the parameters. So I use those parameters to get rid of everything. At first it feels suffocating because it's like, no, 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 no. But when something fits mm-hmm. that parameter, then like I've only got two options, it makes it easier. Another one that I do for me, is I've had some situations in my life where I had to make a decision. And I was like, it could be a good decision, it could be a bad decision, but I've actually stopped and sat down, closing my eyes, and said, I, I did this, 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 I don't have this, I want to have this, and I sit there and I go, my gut says this. And in that moment, I sit there and say, it is this time I have evaluated all the information, I'm going to make a decision, and in the future, if it's the right decision, great. But if it's the wrong decision, I'm going to go right back to this moment and know that I did the best I could with the information I had, and I had some type of logical thing. And for me, that has given peace of mind emotionally. So down the road, I made some decisions that weren't the bad, but I went back and like, you know, I did the best I could at the time that that happened. That's one way that I handle my emotions. Other times I'll just sit there and say, you know, why am I making a big deal out of this? It's really not that big of a deal. Or even sometimes for me, I've actually like, let's look at the bigger picture. And at the end of the day, a lot of people have a lot of clutter. I've got lots of pictures and stuff of my kids kind of growing up that sitting in a box for that day where I'm going to organize it all. Or I've got like 30,000 pictures on the Internet. and like, I'm not going to do that. I just let it go and realize is that. I'm going to pass away, (laughs) and my kids are going to go pick one or two things, and the rest of it's going to go to the dump. And I sit there and say, you know, as much as I like this, I'm going to grab a couple trinkets because it's going to go to the dump and do it now, or my kids can take it when I pass away. So there's a certain amount of me, I, I, I separate myself from that in order to make that happen. And then there's other times that I like the, the apple and the orange, and I just sit there and say, okay, well, put my finger on the wind. Survey says 51% says apple. That's what I'm going to go with. And okay because I'm realizing it's kind of contextual but in sharing this what you do and what I do what I'm hoping is that people will begin to say there's no one right answer it depends on the situation but what's common among you and common among me is we step back and somehow we say this is the process we're going to go with and we go with it make sense Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, I think absolutely. I think it's because we're more regulated, though, because we are privileged enough to have gone through the self-discovery and have the resources to do this for a living that we have trained our brain to step back, think Mm -hmm. metacognitively, and maybe take 24 hours before we make that impulsive decision. And we also are pretty aware, you know. I wasn't always so self-aware. I mean, I would buy, I would have trigger finger, you know, my dopamine wasn't regulated. But now that I know about how my brain works, I have those, like, light bulb moments, like, nope, I'm choosing to put this on hold, coming back to it when I'm not as emotionally attached to it. And, you know, 
Donald Miller, who does a bunch of the Made Simple books, the Business Made Simple, the Marketing Made Simple, um, he does a lot of those stuff. I really like him. He talks about when we try so hard to focus in one direction and, like, get that thing that we want, and we push, we push, we push, ultimately we don't end up getting it. So, like, we have to step back sometimes and shift our attention to something else that might even be better. And mm-hmm. that shifting attention is an executive function that people with ADHD struggle with. So you and I, again, are just privileged enough that we have had those tools and support for such a long time that we're able to remind ourselves, no, 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 stop, pause, halt, yep. like you say, pause, ponder, yep. and then pro- proceed or not. Yep. Yep, I agree. Tell you what, we need to go to another break. I want to continue the conversation when we kind of get back, give people time to kind of think about this a little bit, let it marinate. So everybody, check out Brooke's website, coachingwithbrook.com. Again, that's book, B-R-O-O-K-E, coachingwithbrook.com. Our secret word tonight is decision. And with that, we'll be right back after these messages. You're listening to Attention Talk Radio. We'll return in a moment. Your life, your world, your choice. This is Attention Talk Radio. Change your life by learning more about managing ADHD. Other places give you a few tips. The ADD Coach Academy will change your life. To find out more, go to addca.com slash ATR. That's addca.com slash ATR. Are you always late? The Time Timer is an award-winning time management solution that's helped millions of people with ADHD manage life better. As time passes, Time Timer's bright red disc disappears. Visit Timetimer.com and use the discount code ATR for 15% off. Could hiring an attention coach really help you move forward? (laughs) Does a child get wet when they dive into a swimming pool? You can get started moving forward today. Just call Dig Coaching Practice at 813-837-8084 and schedule a free consultation. Tell us you heard about us on Attention Talk Radio and get 50% off your discovery session. For more information, visit digcoaching.com. Don't delay, do it today. And now, back to Attention Talk Radio. Welcome back, everybody. We're here with Brooke, and we're having an open conversation about decisions and uh, its complexity how there's various things to make decisions, and at some level being conscious of what you're doing is somewhat helpful. Brooke, an area that I wanted to kind of bring up, and this is it's a challenge, but I have some thoughts on it. I find that people really have difficulty sometimes with making decisions about the future. What job am I going to take? What partner am I going to do? Do I want to break off this relationship, et cetera? And we go back to what we were talking about earlier, to be able to visualize the future and imagine what something is like requires an enormous amount of, of working memory in order to understand the intricate details to simulate that experience to determine if you like it. And earlier, we were just trying to calculate three to the power of five, and we realized how difficult that is. I find a lot of times people really have a hard time decision because of that. And I always tell them, the best thing you can do is try to simulate the experience. And I'm going to tell an example that's it's simple. 
but it's, it's, it's actually kind of a good one. When I was in college, I was interviewing for jobs, and Procter & Gamble was a company at the time that was like one of the best companies to work for. It had a good reputation, and I got an interview with them. But one of their requirements was is I had to drive around with one of their sales reps to grocery stores and experience their day. I was excited. Before I went there, like, oh, my God, this is going to be a great job. And I went out, and I, I spent half a day on a day in my life of what it's like. And no, no way. Absolutely not. This ain't going to work for me. I, like, ran away. And I've had a lot of people that I've coached before that they're looking at jobs. And I'm like, go shadow somebody and experience what it is because often the future is very different than what you might latch on to. And I find it helps not always a person know what they should do, but sometimes it helps them make a decision what they shouldn't do, which points to direction where it's a better chance of going. Thoughts on that? Yeah, no, I completely agree with you is what I was saying. And I had an old boss one time. Um, he was the principal. I was a special education administrator. And we were uh, reorganizing one of the classrooms because there was a flood in the carpet. So he said, okay. How do you want the furniture to be organized? I said, oh, I don't know. He goes, before I make a decision when it comes to this stuff, I go to the place. I go to the room. I take a look, and I visualize it. Rather than not going there, I actually walk through and see how the things are going to be. So I like what you said about doing essentially a walkthrough on a job, or interviewing other people, like having basically other people doing the research for you, as we mentioned on a previous show. Um, so this way you don't have to necessarily invest so much time in something that isn't what you had visualized initially. So sometimes we have the privilege of doing that, and sometimes we don't, and we just make a decision because we have to, and we then move on, and we've learned, like you said, what we mm-hmm. don't want or, and what we do want. So we're never going to have the right decision all the time as our first decision, but sometimes life experience can get us to the decision that we eventually want. So I think some of it is being lucky and grateful enough to be able to preview it, like you said, and be able to vision, but sometimes we just have to jump right into it, and it either works or it doesn't work. Absolutely. And when you do that, there's I, I wrote an article many years ago. I was actually watching um, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in their first Super Bowl. I lived in Tampa, <laughs> and they at the beginning of the show, they show all the players, like, you know, so-and-so, University of Alabama, so-and-so, University of Virginia. And Simeon Rice walked in and said, Simeon Rice, School of Hard Knocks. And for right a reason that hit me. And, and it clicked on me, and I actually wrote an article. It's like you go to university or school because you have knowledge to you, right? There's a transfer of knowledge. But yeah. the application of that knowledge, there's only one school, and that's the school of hard knocks. And as I describe to people often on the show is, you know, I read a couple books on how to play the guitar, and I picked the damn thing up, and I couldn't play it. I had to put my finger on the strings and get it wrong and get it wrong, get it right, get it wrong. And, and sometimes people get lost and they don't realize that sometimes it's really all about failing forward. I had parents when I grew up that were, you know, hell, play baseball, wrestle, basketball, tennis, this, go into art classes. They exposed me to all kinds of things, and I've learned a lot about myself through that exposure. Other people are afraid to go do some stuff because they don't want to fail. What I've, I've broke, you know in coaching, the only failure is when you don't learn from the experience. 
Like you can, Absolutely. you can, you can, you can do something and it can, and can crush it, but it's a failure if you didn't learn anything about yourself from it. Yet you can fail miserably, but like, oh my God, I should never do that again. And it could be the best thing of your life. And so one of the things I encourage is experience can help you. Yeah, failing forward at the school of hard knocks, that's the only way you get a degree. There's no other way. You have to. It's easy to say. Absolutely. I know it's, it's hard funny. For yeah. Yeah, go ahead. Go, I go, go, go. was talking to my husband about, yeah, I was talking to my husband about this yesterday, ironically. We have a 16-month-old who um, I, all I want to do is hold her and protect her from the world. And she was with a friend of ours and their kids, and uh, they had a two-year-old, and the two-year-old was being mean to her, and she was taking away her toys, and she was zipping her out of her own tent. And Brielle, my daughter, had no idea what was going on at the point, and she then ended up playing by herself. She was not affected by it at her age. However, I wanted to break down and cry. I talked <laughs> to my husband about it. He's like, she has to experience that we can't protect her and it's going to suck and it's going to feel shitty but she's going to have to learn those coping strategies to experience that later in life because not everyone is going to like the world is not going to just be nice to her all the time yep i agree and when we live and when we live small it's um you live you don't really make much progress like people can live under a rock right? And yep. that's what they're going to live in, but they're not going to get anywhere. We could do a whole show on that. <laughs> yep. There's a lot yep. in there. But I tell you what, let's, we, we, need, we need to pull this together and bring this to the end. So from my perspective, we brought this topic up. It's a challenge for people with ADHD because ADHD is not as much a focus issue. I mean, it is, but the root cause often is thinking. So making decision requires thinking. Thinking's impaired. The best thing you can do is externalize it. Put it down on paper. Talk with somebody. If you're talking with somebody, still put it on paper because if you get interrupted, you don't want to start it over again. And the thing about it is there's different ways of making a decision. Play around. Read some books. Watch some videos. There's a bunch of them and learn the different ones and find which ones work for you, which ones work in what situation. I don't think there's one one size fits all for everybody, and if there is, you're probably making some, some difficult decisions. But the idea is I wish I could make this complicated for you. And as my mom used to say, if you, if you call something easy and it's difficult, you're not giving the respect that it's due. If it's hard, you've mm-hmm. got to say that it's hard. And then you can deal with it with respect that it's due. And my hope is that on, on some level people respect that this is difficult because of the thinking impairment. Last thoughts on your end? Yes, I agree. I, my last thought is, we don't trust our gut enough, and no one else experiences our gut. So lean into that intuition that is so deeply ingrained into ADHD. Listen to it. I agree 100%, 100%. So, Brooke, thanks so much for coming on the show. Thank you for having me. Everybody, go check her website out. She's brilliant. She's a thought leader. Coaching with Brooke. Again, that's Brooke with an E. Our secret word tonight is decision. We hope you've enjoyed this edition of Attention Talk Radio. Catch us next week. Take care.